And this is Andrew. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look back at very special episodes from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 8 of Moesha. The episode is called Birth Control. Spoiler alert, that's what the show's about. Spoiler alert, we are <laughs> we doing an episode r- of Moesha. Right there in the title. Yeah. I couldn't find anywhere to stream this online. I looked I looked hard. I looked even to you know to pay to stream it. Sure. So I guess this is one you, that you need to go to the Paley Center for. The original air date, November 24th, 1998. Written by Mara Brock Akil. Um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't find this anywhere. I would have happily paid for some Moesha episodes. One ninety nine, even two ninety nine. Anything to support support the Moesha Empire. <laughs> it, it's interesting because even at the so this is one of those shows where as you get into later seasons, like this is season four. Four. On IMDb, there aren't even episode synopses anymore. No, they they've given up. They've given up. Like it, it, I don't know how they decide how long to keep writing synopses, or if it's all user generated. And I'll so. remind you that New Kids on the Block, the animated <laughs> Christmas special, does have a complete synopsis, <laughs> but they couldn't be bothered for all of Moesha's. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to me because the show was like. Uh, th- when it was on, show ran for six seasons, 127 episodes from 1996 to 2001. It was kind of a sleeper hit. Yeah. There was a New York Times article written in 1999, so a year after this episode. UPN's Moesha, the non-white hit nobody knows. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right? Um, you know, so- it's, it's been like on the forefront of my mind as a reference, even though this is literally the first episode I've ever seen of it. I watched this show. I was like the prime age it was, this was airing. It was terrifically advertised. Brandy like, was huge. Yes. This is a year after the Brandy Whitney Houston Cinderella came out. Oh, this that's episode. right. Absolutely. Brandy had at this point in her life two platinum albums. She was about to win a Grammy for The Boy Is Mine in yeah. 1999. So the, this was like peak Brandy. There was ongoing, you know, wild speculation about whether the boy belonged to Brandy or Monica. Or Monica. Who knew? Yeah. yeah. Never settled. You know what they decided to do at the end is just like maintain their friendship above all. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's how the video resolves. Anyway, um, we have quite a bit of snacks today. Yeah, we've got Um, a whole plethora of snacks. Thank you for heeding our call, our desperate calls for snacks (laughs) in the last several episodes. Today we have an assortment of three different kinds of snacks. This is the be careful what you wish for snack time hour. The only common thread is that they're all bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. So these were provided to us, which means we finally get to change the Memorial Snack Time Hour. Later, Josh Miller, your reign is over. (laughs) These were provided by uh, friends of the podcast, Courtney, Lane, and Jack. So welcome to the Courtney, Lane, and Jack Memorial Memorial Snack Time Hour, hour, except they're all still alive. Except they're all still alive. And thank you for our snacks today, which include Mm -hmm. green tea pumpkin seeds, banana chips, Corn cheese flavor, mm-hmm. lemon pink salt pea crackers, which say on the back girls. So I'm not sure if oh, no. you guys are allowed to eat. Dang. I guess I'll just have to sate myself with pumpkin seeds and banana <laughs> corn chips. Right. All right, here we go. I guess okay, we'll have yeah. to evaluate each of them individually. We'll be back. Bye. Everybody will be getting in and Everybody will be getting in and 
Best to worst. The technical worst one are the banana chips because right. I cannot eat banana chips for their their taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things that when I was a kid I had some, and now even like the the thought of it makes me gag. Mm-hmm. Uh, circus peanut style. Ugh. Yep, there you go. So that that I think is disqualified for me. Uh, I did not care for the pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. They almost had like a sweet kind of a taste to mm-hmm. it. But then it sort of washed itself away and was just difficult to chew and yeah. get through. Yeah. But I guess what comes out on top is the pea cracker lemon salt mm-hmm. twisty chips. Yeah. I like these pea crackers because they're they're like chili cheese Fritos, but lemon flavored. They have a very satisfying crunch. Yeah, their their texture is fantastic. I've never eaten a chip that's lemon flavored, but Me I don't neither. hate it. You know, it's not my prefer. I wish these were barbecue, but I don't hate the lemon flavor. It did it did feel like these snacks were an assault upon my mouth. <laughs> an assault, a pink assault. Mm-bully. They also say girls on the back, so I feel like I have to like them. Yeah, um, oh, it says girl here too on the back. It's like a bunch of characters, Japanese I believe, and then just girl. So that's exciting. So who knows what we ate, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the banana chips, I actually think, are great. I like oh, banana chips. I'm the only one in this room that does. And these aren't a typical banana chip. Height is not the right with thickness. Mm-hmm. They're not as tall as normal They're not as tall chips. as normal banana chips. Sure. They're really thin, like a potato chip, like a Lay's potato chip. And they're pretty good. I also did not care for the green tea pumpkin seeds. I don't like eating pumpkin seeds, period, because they're hard to eat. Yeah. And I like to drink green tea, but I don't like green tea flavored things. So that was a that was a miss on both counts hey, for look, me. It was all interesting stuff. It was awesome. One of my favorite things in the world is to eat snacks where I can't read the packaging. That's like... Really? Yeah, it's like a grab bag. It's like a nightmare for me. <laughs> Because then I'm like, ah, this tastes horrible. And what is it? So thank you again for for providing these exotic snack assortment for us, Jack and Lane and Courtney. Enjoy your snack time hour memorial Mm -hmm. service. Even though you're all alive. All right. Let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Of Moesha. Boy. Okay. So Um, just to to set up the ordinary world of Moesha, the show stars R&B singer Brandi Norwood. As Moesha Denise Mitchell, a high school student living with her family in South Central Los Angeles. It originally aired as a pilot for CBS, but was the pilot was rejected by the network and then picked up by UPN, which aired it as a mid-season replacement. And it went on to become the, a big success for UPN and one of the greatest hits for that network over the course of the network's entire run. Yep. The show is about a middle-class African-American family coping with many of the problems, joys, sorrows, and outrages that millions of American families confront daily. Per that New York Times article I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. they say, Unlike many white sitcoms, it doesn't depict a glamorously hip world where everyone is clever and wealthy without apparent effort. So It's a weird show. I'll be honest (laughs) with you. We'll get into like... There are a lot of devices. There are a lot of like... The tone of it gave me some pause because it felt at times like 
a deeply affected high school play. Mm-hmm. And then at other times, like, it was going for high drama and, and you know, trying to be a sort of 90210 adjacent This sitcom. episode especially, because it's, it's about birth control, is so... The, there's there's a a plot that's ninety percent of the show mm-hmm. that's so heavy the stakes are so high, and then they somehow for whatever reason decided they still needed to have like this little runner yeah, which is to it, just, just it it, I can't twice. even be bothered to care it really yeah it's it it's, it's it amounts to maybe thirty seconds of time truly it's like two <clears throat> two exchanges of four lines each or something yep not and, resolved really it doesn't matter. Moesha, another fun fact about Moesha is that it was canceled suddenly. Mm-hmm. One of those shows where it was like they didn't realize that it was going to be their last episode. Yeah, yep. And they ended it on a cliffhanger. Two cliffhangers. Two cliffhangers, actually. Season 6, episode 22 of Moesha, which aired May 14th, 2001, uh, was called Paying the Piper. IMDb, you can cobble, again, you can cobble together like what this episode is right. based on all of the summaries. But the big two plot points that you need to know is uh, are that Miles, uh, the, the child Miles, mm-hmm. is kidnapped. <laughs> and Granny's then, younger brother. I, yeah, Marisha's yeah. younger brother is right. kidnapped. By some business partner or another. <laughs> And then somebody finds a positive pregnancy test in the bathroom, meaning one of the girls, Moesha, Nisi, or... Kim. Kim is pregnant. Yeah. End of show. Yeah. <laughs> and they did the thing. I've, I've seen, like, <laughs> seen different interviews, because sometimes this will happen, and then the writers are like, well, we, we knew what was going to go on, so here's what Right, happened. like famously with... Family Matters, you can know, you know exactly. You can read synopses of every episode they wrote and didn't sure. ever shoot. Moesha, they did not do that. They, as far as I can tell, they didn't, they didn't have a plan. No, and they people have been like, calling for a reboot since the day after it, just, <laughs> that aired. Just people to were put like, this what? all to rest, <laughs> really. Nobody wants the real, like, uh, we want a one episode reboot. <laughs> TV movie. Can you just like come on and be like, wow, that was crazy. Here's how it all worked yeah, out. Yeah, no, 10 years later. Yeah. The door opens. It's Miles. Miles. <laughs> Where has he been? What's going on? There's a 10-year-old kid running around. Whose kid is Whose that? Whose kid is that? <laughs> Turns out Miles was not kidnapped. They just forgot to pick him up from ball practice. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, Jerome was pregnant. Uh, no, Aaron got pregnant because... Oh, because he's a hoe. Because he's a hoe. We'll get there. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's get into this stupid fucking episode. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. I didn't care for this. The the thing about this episode for me is that there are some moments where I'm like, yeah. yeah and there absolutely. are twice as many moments where I'm like, no. It's... For all of it, it's... It feels like somebody went back over a poorly written episode, no disrespect, and was like, spilled a a 1990s film strip on it, Mm. where it's like, you know, abstinence is the only real... Yeah, somebody read the first draft and was like, we need to mention abstinence at least five times. Yeah, let's give it to this weird doctor. All right, so let's uh, let's start from the start. They were in the cold open, uh, where... It's it's totally so it's just a monologue. It's a when Harry met Sally style <laughs> photo shoot montage. It's couples sitting on a couch and uh, Moesha is talking over it. I've written it down. Would you like me to read? Yeah. What? So Moesha opens a lot of episodes, not all in the series. Mm. And this is supposed to be like her writing in her diary. Yes. And then later we see her writing in her diary, wasting a lot of paper, writing one, one sentence, sentence per page. <laughs> With lots of squiggles and exclamation yes. points. It's like, are you going to look back at this and be 
be like, oh, I remember that. That was the birth control thing. Like that day that I wrote the things we do for love. Now I <laughs> birth remember. Control. Show, birth show, show. control. His hands hold the keys to love. Oh, God. What was that about? Oh, yeah, birth control. <laughs> So here's what Moesha says, and then I'm going to give my, my first, uh, uh, the tone of this, this episode is what I concentrated on, the mm-hmm. tone of this series, I guess. So anyway, it opens up with the various couples on couches, and Moesha Brandy is saying in her very her most serious tone, since all lovers were once strangers, is there a point on the journey where we stop being one and become the other? Clearly. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is hundred percent. It's probably about ten minutes in. You cutting to, to the fucking? Will you stop being strangers? Like, if a stranger is a person you don't know. Oh, you mean into the relationship? Yeah. I was like ten minutes into having sex. Wait a second. What's your name? We're not strangers anymore. Yeah, the, there's a very clear answer to that. Yeah, at some point, there's probably a dividing line between strangers and lovers. Yeah. Who knows? Scientists are still working on she's that. She's basically like, is it gradual figuring out that your your person is the right. one, or is there a moment when you just know? Yeah, and then like the big question that, that we're laying on this episode is, she says, I read this definition of love the other day. Oh, I hate that love. thing. I hate that turn of phrase. She might as well I read say, this the other day. It's like, oh, Webster's no. defines love as. Yes. And this description, I didn't look it up. Did you look this up? Is this an actual no, quote? No, it can't be. It's such love, a hallmark. Just like, listen to it. Make a motivational poster out of it. Right. Hang it in your dorm room. Love is a well-balanced union between feeling and desire. <gasps> love is when you take feelings and add more feelings. <laughs> right. And she's like. I have a strong she, feeling for Aaron, and I know I desire him. If he feels the same, is that real love? And when will I know it? That's the big question. Right. Let's uh, let's rem- remind viewers if you haven't watched the entire uh, season of Moesha recently, <laughs> season four. Sure. Aaron was a boyfriend of Moesha's. Mm-hmm. He's in college. She's a senior in high school. She's seventeen. She went on a like a prospective freshman tour of the school where he goes to college, mm-hmm. and they reunited and started dating again. The episode before this one. Oh. What? So, yeah. Eeks. So, there's well, all we should these, know. <laughs> there are all these questions about like he's my he's the one I think I love him so much. I've thought about this so long. It's like since last episode yeah. where you met and rekindled your relationship last episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. That's dumber than I thought. But Just here's like layer that on top of all the other things going on in this episode. We, I feel like we owe it to our listeners to let them know because it's going to be very difficult for anybody to number one find Moesha, but most of all find the will to watch <laughs> Moesha. The tone of this, like the acting, and certainly specifically how Moesha acts between scenes when it cuts to her like writing in her diary, I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That is the tone of this. It's as though a, a teenage girl's diary came, came to, life to life and then wrote a show a- about and itself. And things, things happened exactly how she remembers them. Yeah, exactly. But it's just as dramatically and like where she said the perfect things all the right. time and just the right tone. Yep. And always got her point across and everyone understood each other. Yep. Yeah. So after we get this like weird Harry Met Sally photo shoot thing with the voiceover, the uh, hippest theme song we've yet encountered sure. plays. Of course, it's sung by Brandy. She's yep. the platinum recording artist. And they're showing the, the members of the cast, but they keep cutting back to Moesha and Nisi and uh, Kim dancing in front of a fountain or something. Sure. Looking very like girl group of the time in vogue, Destiny's Child, like three versions of an outfit in the same color that are slightly yeah, different. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. We know now we're in the in the in the world of Moesha. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Moesha is all, and all is Moesha. <laughs> so we, we get into the, the actual episode proper. We're in Act 1. We're in... Is it Moesha's room or is it it's Aaron's? Aaron's room, Aaron's room. Which I thought at first was a dorm room, but it's his parents' house. He lives mm-hmm. at home, even though he's in college. They're watching a movie sitting on the floor. Yeah. No one does this. No. You're going to have, you have a bed right there. You're going to sit in the bed. Yep. You're going to get a beanbag chair. Sure. They had to do the thing where it's like, well, they're not sitting in bed or else we're implying. Right, blah, exactly. Blah, blah. Anyway, then so this is. Then just be watching it downstairs in the living room. about that? Whatever. Well, then you got to build another set. So Moesha is like, wow, that was the most romantic movie ever. And Aaron's like, what? How how could you possibly say that it was a romantic movie? Because nobody, this, the guy did not say I love you. And she's like, but she knew that he's he loved her. Yeah. And then he's I like. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's, the, this thing is such a weird reversal suddenly of the motivation because she's like, uh, the woman in the movie knew. She just knew without being told that he mm-hmm. loved her. And he's like, okay. And so then. He says, oh, no, you, when you feel things, you have to say them. And she was like, well, you've never said it to me. And like, he goes, well, yeah. I figured you knew. And it's like, no, that's the sometimes, opposite of the thing you just sometimes said. Sometimes it's nice to hear it. It's the opposite of the thing yeah, yeah. you just said. Look, there's a clever scene in here somewhere, but it's just so Just it's keep so people's muddled. motivations. Speci- no, they're trying to do like the whole like she said that he didn't need to say it. But then when it comes to her, she says he does need to say it. Women. No. <sighs> But who can tell? There's a there's a there's the, the next thing that happens is she's like, Well, I want you to say it, and he goes, I love you. And she goes If you're gonna say it like that, you can keep it. Which I thought was pretty it was like my only genuine laugh of the show. Which is pretty great. You can keep it. You can keep it. Um and then he says, I love you, and she says, I love you too, and they make out. Yeah, and then somebody comes home and they're like, Uh oh. Yeah, right. Because it, it's his parents' house. And then we get our first transition where it's uh, Moshe's writing in her diary and she writes, His hands hold the keys to love's who knows? Something. <laughs> Who knows? Sure, it would be one more word and yeah, a lot of and scribbles. Yeah, and that's the whole page. Yeah, so then we go to scene two, which I guess is a bookstore of some kind. Uh, it's called The Din. It's okay. the neighborhood hangout. It's owned by Andel, who's this woman that uh, we see behind the counter. She's an older friend. I mean, she's like friends with the kids that she gives them advice. And yeah. This is the place they all hang out because, you know, it's like the neighborhood bookstore, cafe. And, and get ready, people, because here's our stunning B-plot. Oh, my God. When I, when I was growing up, I would watch shows like this or like the later, the later episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch when they're in college. They would go to these bookstores, and I was just like so envious of those cool teenage hangouts. There was nothing like that in my town. No. Where you would just go and like meet your friends and drink fancy coffee and like buy books. I was just... I was I romanticized those places in my mind based on shows like this. Sure. I was just like, oh, wouldn't that be cool to have a place to go and like your parents aren't there and it's your place to hang yeah. out. Yeah. You meet up there all the time and yeah. like somebody gives you some sassy advice and you're like, and, like oh, hang so-and-so. Out. Yeah. This was just a place to go buy one cup of coffee and hang out for nine hours. There you go. We called it, it we called it Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> so Moesha come. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the B plot. I, no, yeah, I, please. Let's all right. Strap in, Focus. people. Here it is. Focus. Hakeem has gotten a number from a girl and mm-hmm. is asking Aunt Andel mm-hmm. when he should call her. Yeah, he's like, when a girl says, "Call me later." How much later is that? And eventually, they they settle on him calling her tomorrow. And I just can't be bothered. With That's this it. That's scene. it. That's all there is to it. Okay. Oh. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Oh, wait for the dramatic conclusion yeah. for that later. Just as a side note, it doesn't actually. You, you don't see him very much in this episode. But Hakeem is the Urkel of this show. Mm. He's the next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. He's been Moesha's friends in childhood. He's always at the house to eat. You know, like he's constantly trying to put himself, insert himself into the family. 
And then later, when Moshe gets to college, they will date. Hey, God bless you for doing the the work of looking up the various plot threads of this uh, series. Yeah, and... you know, a lot of this I kind of remembered, no. and then a lot of this I re it was uh, re explained to me when I was doing my deep dive into the feud between Candace, uh, <laughs> yeah. Countess Vaughn and Brandy, which Norwood. is all brand new news to me. Yeah, and I can't wait to see how little I can care about it today. <laughs> uh, so Moesha comes in and sits down with her friends Kimberly and Nisi. And she says that Moesha and Aaron are real close to having sex. Yeah, she's like, like everything's great. And when next time, next time, whatever that means, yeah. next time we definitely will probably maybe have sex. It is, well, Kimberly says, hey, close doesn't count. She's like, well, next time then we'll count. And it's like somebody what? says something. <laughs> Somebody somebody throw out a medical term so I can fucking understand what's going yes. on here. But no, now we're going to switch gears and get very explicit very quickly. It's it so weird. <laughs> so they're like, it, we we imagine the scene is going to be like her friends going over the, you know, being in love and are you ready thing right. argument. But nope, then Nisi's like, I fuck somebody. <laughs> no, okay. It's more nuanced than this. this is, <laughs> I made love with somebody. <laughs> because this is, okay. So all this up to this point has been, for a sitcom, it's been it, it. We're a couple of minutes in now. Usually, we have the call to adventure by now, but mm. this is the call to adventure coupled with a meeting with a mentor. Sure. Um, Kim says, "Well, if if you're gonna have sex, you better have some condoms around." And Nisi's like, "Yeah, when I had sex, we were safe about it. Oops, I Bum. forgot I hadn't told you guys about Oops. that." So then immediately they all want you know they want all the details, and she tells them a story. She of sure does. When she had the sex with night. this guy Stephen, and it sounds it sounds nice and romantic. And it involved were, uh, involved the song "You Remind Me of My Jeep" yeah, by R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Just to, Kelly, just to keep you from Kelly having to look have aged well. <laughs> Boy. I like his girlfriends. <laughs> they don't age at all. Yeah. <laughs> So this seems to be, a, this is a good memory for Nisi, right? This is what we're supposed to take away from this. It was like consensual mm. and it was careful and, and, and people, even though they broke up later, she and this guy, it's still like a, a good memory and she doesn't yeah. regret it. And Moesha says, you're officially a woman. And Nisi says, okay, you got to go to the free clinic and get on the pill. Well, she says, first of all, having sex doesn't make you a woman. Right. Um, and she does say then, like, you got to go to the free clinic. You got to get yourself on the pill. Yeah, you got to have condoms. And then condoms a backup. Yeah. And then Moesha is like, well, how did you know that you were ready? And Nisi's like, you, I just knew. Uh, there's also this weird, this, like, tonal whiplash thing that we're talking about encapsulated in one line in this scene. Okay. Which is that mm, they're talking about birth control. And Nisi says, you got to go get yourself on the pill and have condoms for backup. Mm. Kim says, do you really need all that birth control? Aren't you going to overdose? Yeah. Audience laughs. Yep. Nisi says, I have eight brothers and sisters. I'm using everything I can get. Audience laughs. Nisi's next line is, besides, I'm not trying to die for love. Boy. Bomb drop. Eight <laughs> punch in the face. <laughs> it's like, what? In that, the same breath, that was That was like a TLC <laughs> line where I was like, whoa, that's what Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls is about? Yeah, it's like, first we're laughing about how many brothers and sisters you and have. She's like, I also don't want to get AIDS and die. It's like, uh, oh. Whoa, okay. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, both of these things are considerations, but it's such a, sure. such a quick tonal shift. Throw some lines in between these two things. <laughs> right. so or I can... maybe give those lines to two different characters. Don't you got three people in the scene. Wait till the laughs all die down first. I don't know. <laughs> 
Anyway, Nisi is the mentor figure. <laughs> yeah, okay. In this moment, because she's had sex before. It took me a while to figure out like what the hero's journey of this episode actually is. Yeah. Is it is Moesha ready to have sex emotionally, or is it if you yeah. if you know your mind and you are ready emotionally, then you should be prepared and get birth control, even if that's embarrassing. Because she seems to have her mind made up, but also she poses the question, "Am I ready?" But then when anybody asks her, she's like, "I'm ready." Yeah, and but it's uh, we'll talk about it more because yeah. it's all that happens. No, but I was just sort of like. Valid to, what to point wonder. are we making here? We only have 24 minutes. Like, it seems what to are be, we doing? What are we pursuing? Yeah, it seems to be that it's one of those episodes that knows it wants to make a point, and the point it wants to make is, hey, make sure you get plenty of birth control. And then everything else is just sort of muddled along right. the way. So the next next scene is at the aforementioned free clinic. Yeah. Now we're in the special world of the free clinic. What's more special than the free <laughs> clinic? I guess this is back when the when the free clinic was still the most shameful place to be yeah. on the planet. Moshe's there and Kimberly's there, but she's deeply undercover with she's like a like, shawl. She's dressed like a fugitive from justice. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> sunglasses on and Moesha's dressed normally but she's whispering to yeah. the woman behind the counter and it seems awkward and embarrassing and Moesha kind of like doesn't want to answer all the personal questions on the survey but then they see a pregnant girl their own age yep. waddle past and so Moesha sits back down and resumes filling out yeah. the questionnaire. So then we go into an uncomfortable visit with the doctor yeah, which doesn't have to be. I don't like I don't know what the point of I don't this, know what the point of yeah. this is. This is the point it was like scoring a tennis match. It was like point miss. Yeah. Point miss back and forth through this whole scene. It would have been a great opportunity. See, I compare it more to uh, the Karate Kid Part Three. Oh, do you? Where the rival dojo wants to cause Daniel Larusso as much punishment as possible, so they score a point, but then they do something illegal to have a point taken away. Then they score a point, mm-hmm. and then they have a point taken away. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Bad boy Terry Silva working against that Daniel Larusso and sweeps the leg. Um, does not hold up till we watch <laughs> so Moesha has she gets called back to talk to a, a doctor nurse practitioner I'm not sure who this person is hmm. he says call me Darnell the first thing out of her mouth is like he's like when was your last period and she's like you're a dude you know she kind of I mean I get it you're 17 years old yeah. you've never had this conversation with anyone besides your girlfriends and suddenly this strange guy is t- asking you about your period hmm. and so He's like, if you're uncomfortable, you can reschedule and come back and talk to a woman. And she's like, no, I want to get this I over with. I want to get this over with, which, okay. Wait, sure, sure, fine. They sit down to discuss. And she says, I want birth control pills. I haven't had sex yet, but I'm in a committed relationship. This is not a casual thing, so I want to get on the pill. Good. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good to, good to like, assert yourself. Know your mind. The guy does not care. He wouldn't care if you walked in here and you were like, I'm a huge hoe. Yeah. I'm sleeping with everyone. <laughs> I don't even know who they are sometimes. He would like still the, give you birth control. Right. You I don't just like have the to. taste of birth control. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. Well, whatever. It's for acne. That's what all the girls in my hair school said. There you go. So it's like, it doesn't, he doesn't actually care. And it would have been nice to have him say that if you're trying to allay fears for teenagers. They, they have him, but it, they, they try to do that, but it more comes off as him being like flippant, like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. Where it would, he should just be like we don't pass judgment here like it doesn't matter yeah, to me it why makes you... it seem less like 
it's a big deal to him and more like Moesha's overreacting and being crazy. Yes. Which is and also not the that way you want he's this to go. just a cool guy who doesn't care. Whereas it's the policy of the clinic. Any person she talked to yeah. would not question and her. Th- there's like a almost joke where, where they're going over all this, all these questions. And she's like, well, how old were you when he had sex? And he almost he answers. He almost it. answers. He's like, well, I was about to say, wait a second. <laughs> oh. oh, you almost got me, Moesha. You almost got me this time. <laughs> He tells her the pill has a 99% success rate, and she goes, do you have something stronger? He's like, the only thing stronger is abstinence. <laughs> which is so fun. But then she says, if that were my plan, I wouldn't be here, basically, which is like, duh. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's duh. also like, great, you did it. Also, like, does the free clinic have to mention abstinence? It seems no. so fucking weird. Well, nobody's taking enough of a stand here for me to be like, oh, this is, this is they're trying to get the, the idea across that your first consideration should be abstinence. It's right. not that, but it's also birth control. Ninety-nine percent effectiveness is also not championed as the best idea, and also having a backup is still not enough. It's just nobody's settling on like yeah. the, here's what you need to do. Exactly, people in Moesha's position, and they're not even making multiple cases using multiple characters. Mm-mm. Being like this character says it's this because if if I don't know. I can't start troubleshooting this episode now. No, it's too I, late it's, for this episode. But <laughs> it is too late for this episode. <laughs> he does give her all the basic Until the facts. Reboot. He gives her the facts. He says you have to take the pill at the same time every day. It yep. doesn't prevent disease, so you need to use a condom. It has these side effects, and he mentions the unscary ones like nausea and weight gain and headaches. He doesn't mention, you know, blood clots and, yeah. all, you know, the really scary side effects of the pill. She stands up while he's in the middle of all this and goes, Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm in love. I know I'm a teenager, and you probably see a lot of young teenagers in here who don't know what they want, but I know my mind, and I do want to have sex, and he's... I'm in love. He's like, you don't have to convince me. Again, he doesn't say that, but his face is just like, sit down. He's like, okay. It's like... Make a make a stand. Somebody right. say something. Don't just be like, wow, Moesha, you certainly are conflicted somehow. Right. Anyway, here's pills. It's clear to us that the lady doth protest too much, and she's probably not ready because she keeps telling everyone, including this stranger, how ready she is. Like, from this point on, though, no, she's never going to, like, have a, a second thought. It's like the birth control really gets rid of all that doubt for her. Yeah. Because after this, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely ready. Because she'll be challenged after this point by people who actually want to discuss the issue with her. And the emotional like, side of it. So. So back to this B storyline, I guess. Um, uh, well, we go back to their house. It's and- been two weeks now because the diary tells us two weeks is, is a long time to wait for things. Yeah, it's been two weeks since she saw Aaron because he's away at college and she, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a something of a long distance relationship. So Ooh, Wrap up this B plot for us, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, so they're back at the house. Hakeem. Moesha Circle is talking to her father and her little brother, Miles, about how do you shake a woman when you don't like her anymore? This is the same woman that he yep. he got her phone number and was uh-huh. like, how long do I wait to call her? And now two weeks later, he's like, how do I get rid of her? That turned around quickly. That's the whole thing. The end. End of it. Aaron comes over. Yep. And he's going to take the men in Moesha's family to a football game. Sure. But then he'll come back later and take her to dinner. Remember that, because later something's going to, timeline-wise, is not going to check out. No. But the plan... <laughs> oh, yeah, but some get sloppy after a while? All right. <laughs> the plan for the day is is that Hakeem and Aaron and Brandy's father and Miles are all going to a game, and then he'll come back and take Moesha to dinner afterwards. 
Moesha's stepmother, D. Yeah, she comes in and says, where's my nail polish? And Moesha says, it's in my purse. And I'm like, Moesha. No, Moesha. You gotta know where Be a those, better teenager. You gotta know where all those hotbed issues are, like all those things that <laughs> you don't want. I'll get it for you, D. How about that? Yeah. So what would of be course, wrong with my stepmom going into my purse? Of course, What's Dee in there? finds the birth control pills. She's like, did you, find my, did you find the nail polish? And she says, I wish that's all I found. Right? You want to talk about people giving conflicting information. Dee is like, it's like she was written, like every line was written by a different writer in the mm-hmm. writer's room for the rest of the episode. Absolutely. So basically what the rest of this episode is, is Dee saying, I don't think you're ready for sex. And Moesha like talking with all assurance that she is definitely ready for sex. This is where the tone shifts for me, and it really... it I. So there was a song in November of 2003 by Alicia Keys off of the album The Diary of Alicia Keys called mm-hmm. You Don't Know My Name. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this song? No, it's not very but m- I can tell from the title, <laughs> I think, what it's going to be about. It's notorious in my mind. For the fact that the song is Alicia Keys is singing about a guy who comes into the restaurant where she works and she's got a crush on him, but he doesn't even know what her name is because I guess there are no name tags in her world. (laughs) But there is an interlude in the middle of this song where Alicia Keys says, I'm going to have to just go ahead and call this boy. And then she has a one-sided, sultry conversation Oh, with him R&B man so here's here's what that sounds like just to refresh us and this this is what the tone Moesha's tone for the rest of the episode sounds like to well, me well this makes sense because it's the diary of Moesha and the diary, diary of, of Alicia, Alicia Keys. Keys Moesha Keys Moesha Alicia Keys, Keys. <laughs> bum, Moesha bum, Keys bum, the diary of Moesha Keys <laughs> Oh, it's so, it's so stalkery. If that it's were so, a man, yes. if that were a man, it'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Can you hold? Cause I'm just gonna, I'm yeah. just gonna start recording this for I, the FBI. Can you start be, over actually? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> ignore this part. Exhibit A. Exhibit A. <laughs> it's, it's creepy as fuck. And it goes on from there where she asks him out. But just like that, that like sultry, self-assured tone, but Alicia, wrong-mindedness. At Alicia, the same you're time. allowed to do that, but you have to do it in person. Yeah, how about that? Next time he comes in, you just ask him out in person. How did she get his number? I don't know. From his credit number? card information. Oh, no! How deep does this Alicia Keys rabbit hole go? Oh my god! All right, so yeah, for whatever reason, the rest of Moesha's talk throughout the rest of this episode just reminds me of that, where she's like, you know, I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready for the sex. She is an RB star, so it's it's just how she processes information, how she conveys information. It is. D is the person who, in this episode, I'm just like, what is your actual position on this? Yeah. For a bit of background, D is Moesha's stepmother. 
she married her father like right before the pilot. Mm-hmm. And especially in season one, they didn't get along at all. Sure. Dee is also the vice principal at Moesha's school, Uh-oh. which adds to their conflict. By this point in season four, they have a much better relationship. And then by the end of the show, they're very close. You know, once Moesha goes off to sure. college, especially. It seems like their their relationship right now is based on like a hard center of passive aggressiveness. <laughs> and Moesha's mother is dead. So it's not like her mother's off somewhere and she's like, I want to go live with my mom. Like that's sure. not an option. So. Yeah. Dee is very upset because she finds his birth control and she, she thinks Moesha is too young for sex and she kind of shames her about the pills. I bet, yeah. And then when Moesha says, I also have condoms to prevent disease, instead of going, well, that's smart, she like rolls her eyes like, what the fuck is next with this kid? And the audience <laughs>, laughs. It's such bad messaging. It's like, no, that's... I. Just go ahead and be like, okay, you've taken the necessary precautions. Good for you. Emotionally, I don't think you're ready for this. How about that? You can have all the proper equipment and emotionally not be ready. So what what the immediate danger is, like, the boys are coming through to, like, go to the game. And she's like, please don't tell my father. And they walk through and she doesn't tell her father. And she's like, thanks for not telling my father. And she just stares at her. Yeah. And we assume. (laughs) We get a dire injury. (laughs) There's so much happening right now. There's so much. There's so much. Um, None of it's good. So, yeah, there's a diary entry that says her silence is either golden or deadly. <laughs> Two in all caps. points <laughs> underlined, which means that they just stood there and stared at each other. Which also means that the, the next scene after this diary thing will be when the guys come back for the game. So, between for sometime in the three hours that they were gone mm-hmm. or so. Moesha ran upstairs and wrote that one line in her diary. <laughs> they just sat there. Wait, well, no, we'll find out what she's been doing this whole time in a second. So they all, the guys come back from a football game. Aaron's ready to take Moesha out. Dee's clearly nervous about the whole thing. And she's like, I'll go up and tell Moesha that Aaron is here. Yeah. And she's, she's like trying to put Aaron off. She's like, you should probably go home. And yeah. he says, I'm going to show Moesha a good time. And she says, no. In the previous scene, she was very nice to him. She was like, we should all go out to eat with your parents yes. next time you're in town. Now that she knows that Moesha is considering having sex with him, she's just trying to like shove him out of the house. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't want him around. So the next comes a thing that I watched about five hundred times. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck. It I is. don't know what the fuck happens here. Okay, so we've we've been doing a normal sitcom. They go from one transition to the next. Sure, there's some diary entries to sort of spice things up. D is like, I'll go upstairs and tell Moesha that you're ready, and then we cut to Moesha sitting, looking dead into the camera, spinning around. Yeah, like, it's like like when you hold hands with someone and then you both spin yes. around really fast and you kind of look at each other and then at some point the center doesn't hold and you fall. Mm-hmm. But it's like Moesha's holding hands with the camera yep. and they're just spinning, spinning around. Spinning around the bedroom while it's Moesha... It's so weird! While Moesha gives face that's that's from contemplative to smiling to overjoyed to a tiny yawn. <laughs> this is... The last thing is just like a little... <sighs> I've been doing this for a while. Th- this is the <laughs> sure sort of like dizzy. international film language for acid trip. So I'm not <laughs> sure why we've stuck it in this episode. Did, again, I watched it 500 times, so I feel really familiar with it. And yet I still don't know what the point of it was. Are I we- think it's that she's just daydreaming about Aaron. That's all I could... That's all I could figure is that she's been up there daydreaming about him, I guess. There's- Either that or like... 
her birth control pills are having extreme <laughs> side effects, and they do have extreme side effects that that doctor didn't mention. Oh no! I if mean, you like feel some not, dizzy and spinning around your room, and you yeah. feel very slightly tired, but yes. also euphoric. Exactly. <laughs> euphoric and slightly tired. Contact your doctor right away. <laughs> if spinning around your room lasts for more than four hours. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, so I guess we're just going to get past that. Dee comes upstairs. And now we're inside the inmost cave. Yeah. They talk. She's like, Aaron isn't pressuring you. And she's like, no, this is this. I'm taking the pill for me. And I'm ready to have sex with Aaron. This goes even weirder than that. Dee says, taking the pill is a big step. Is Aaron pressuring you? And Moshe says, he doesn't even know I'm on it. And Dee's all, then why are you even taking it? Oh, that is true. And it's like, uh, more bad messaging. It's, she's just like, well, if a guy isn't pressuring you to have sex, why are you even on the yeah. pill? It's like, what? How, if you're what not giving it to peer pressure, then what's <laughs> right. the deal? I'm sorry. Did you actually want to have sex yourself? What kind of pressure are you giving down. into? Yes. Some um, sort of mentor pressure? Thankfully, Moesha does say this is my... Uh, something I'm doing because I'm ready. Yeah. And, and which is great because this is her decision. It shouldn't be predicated on any particular guy or relationship. Mm-hmm. She says, and I love him. Yeah. And I wrote, you've been back together for one whole episode. Now that you've put that out there, it's really upsetting. D uh, then says, what if you break up in two weeks, which I now know is almost as long as they've been dating. Uh, Moesha says she's willing to take that chance. And Dee says, I'm very proud of you for being so responsible. All signs point to the contrary, Dee. You've well, done she, nothing but just, shame her. Just before that, Moesha's like, thanks for not telling my dad. And she says, if I thought telling your father would stop you from having sex, I probably would. Yikes. But since you're a flaming nymphomaniac, <laughs> I guess. There's no stopping you. <laughs> it's like a freight train. <laughs> Good Lord. So uh, then they say, I love you to each other, which surprises Dee because they're not, you know, Moesha doesn't often say that. And this is season four and they haven't always gotten along. But sure. it's just sort of like. Why? What? Why? Yeah. What am I supposed to take away as a viewer? Do get birth control. Don't get birth control. You will know when you're ready to have sex. You won't know when you're ready to have sex. The messaging is so garbled. Yeah, and the script is 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 so oddly written and jumps all over the place that I think that if this was a play written by an uptight high schooler for like a, a, a an assembly and it was just two people pretending to be these characters with different blocks to to be like furniture yes, black. black boxes and it's like if i thought telling your father would stop you from having sex i probably would i love you i love you too i'm proud of you what are these devil pills <laughs> there's no stopping you from having some kind of sex <laughs> oh my god so now it's time for the supreme ordeal Ugh. which is a weird okay this is the timeline i think happened but it's so odd because moesha goes over to aaron's house yes they were supposed to have gone out to eat maybe yes. they did they don't talk about having gone out to eat it's a surprise that she wanted to come back to his right. house right and he's like if i would if you would have told me more in advance, I would have cleaned. I would have like made this I would have place made nicer. This place, I would have made this place fit for a princess. Yeah. As it was, he lights a candle and grabs a branch from outside <laughs> to give it to her. He does the lights. He puts on some music. It's a lot like what Nisi described as the atmosphere of her sure. first time, which is a good memory for her, and she doesn't regret it. You know, <laughs> we're tracking as an audience. We're like, okay, this is you know. This is uh, the setup for kind of supposed to be what Moesha said, has said she wants. Yeah. And they sit down and she's like, 
like, uh, he's like, do you want something to drink? And she's like, I want a Tom Collins, because that's what Stella said in Waiting to Exhale. Yeah. Nope. That's what um, Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett says orders in Waiting. Waiting to Exhale. Yep. And he's like, we don't have to do this. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm ready. I want to. Can I get a Tom Collins? Do you hear something outside the door? Do you have condoms? She's like stalling. She it's, says she's ready, yeah. but she's stalling. And then it comes out that Aaron has had sex with... More girls than he can remember. He doesn't remember how many. <laughs> it's point. not one or two. Because <laughs> she goes over those numbers with him. She goes all the way up to ten and oh. he doesn't commit. And he's like, hmm. And it really bothers her. And he says, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm here with you now. But it matters to her. Yep. And and her perspective of him and her perspective of what this night is really shifts. And I think it was, she had an impression of him. And it's like if you had been dating for someone for a while, and then you were just, you know, after a couple of weeks out to eat, and they said something really racist. And yeah. you were like, oh my God, I thought oh no. you were one person, and I just realized you're a completely different person. Which, Chelsea, is why I, personally, old-fashioned, you know, recommend not saying I know somebody and love them after two weeks. Ah, yeah, no, uh, no, it's crazy, no. it's crazy, it's crazy. It's That's very old-fashioned Yeah, you. it is, I know, Absolutely. It already seemed like she wasn't really ready to have sex, and now she's completely just, like, not into this, not into him. Well, two things happen here is, first, they go over the, the fact that he does not know how many girls he's slept with. Also, it's not how many girls he's slept with. It's how many girls he's had in this room. Yeah. So, we're just He doesn't date anyone that has their own place. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, the number far exceeds whoever's in this room. Yeah. He's, he's like, my parents know, you know, I've had girls in here before. Because she says, what if you're parents come on and he's like i've had girls in here before my parents what do you say don't trip like don't that. trip like that and i'm just imagining his parents sitting downstairs as like a parade of women go up and <laughs> down, down the stairs just reading the paper watching tv and just it's just like a rotating door of ladies maybe the parents know how many girls it's been <laughs> right. maybe they're being more my mom keeps a guest book if you want to go check Those that out things in the theme parks mm-hmm. where they click the numbers yeah. there's a turnstiles right outside my room <laughs> so she calls him <laughs> she calls him a hoe which I found delightful. Yeah, like, she oh. calls him a hoe, but then immediately he's like, what if I called you a hoe? And she's like, you can't because I'm not. And it's like, oh, another abstinence message. Sure. Then she says something more telling than anything, but it's not put on her as the problem. He says, this is our special night. And she says, it was special to me. Again, just reinforces the fact that this was all in her, this is all her making. Right. She, and also that like the first time you have sex is very special and important. And then after that, you never get that specialness back, which right. is another sort of fucking like virgin is more like you're more valuable as a young girl. If you have your virginity or whatever that means, yeah. you know, like that all those things. I mean, you, you grew up in a religious family as I did. And I went to Catholic school too. And you hear so much as a young woman, this idea of like, once you get rid of that, you'll never have it back. And when yeah. you eventually get married, your husband will be getting used goods. And, yes. you know, like every time you have sex with someone, you give them a part of yourself. You can never get back. And like you decrease your value mm-hmm. and you decrease your value to society. And all scientifically proven stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying any of that's wrong. Yeah. Yes, I am. But <laughs> but she does this thing of like, yeah, it would have been special to me. I, I, I like, took it a different way, though. Jesus I took Christ. it as her like. The question that she gave is, how do I know that I'm ready? And that's one specific question that is up for everybody to contemplate and answer for themselves. It seems to me that 
the thing she didn't address or answer is, are we in this relationship ready for this? Yeah, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, That's which is the the, it's just a, a overarching thing and, and is part of, should you be doing this? Right, and that's obviously, that would have been a great conversation for them to have. Yeah. They don't have it. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, certainly your agency as a sexual partner does not depend on, you know, that specific, Thing you can you can be ready to have sex whether right. or not you're in a relationship where that's that's I think the, the thing. The fact that you and I got two very different things from this last little bit is a testament to how poorly this is written. Yeah, it just like it's oh. the messaging is so yeah. all over the place. You can ask any question about this episode, and you cannot. It can't be. Is this is this episode pro or or anti abstinence? Yeah, I is don't know. this episode? encouraging people to get on birth control because now what does she go off it like yeah. or is she like no i'm ready to have sex i i think i'll stay they want to have as many different opinions as possible and not settle anything so it's all just muddied and it's- yeah the the fact that this the end of this episode is is clearly different between you and me i think is the the point uh, the, the interpretation yeah. i mean yeah is yeah, different yeah. Between like you what and we me. got out of it yeah and i think it's it's a, such a shame because they had the fact that they were unapologetically gonna like bro the subject of birth control so yeah. show someone on a clinic trying to get birth control it, I mean, it's, it's such 19... a good opportunity yeah to, for frank to talk frank talk about this and frank talk about the fact that like you may feel confident enough to go and get the things you need to yeah. have sex safely and still not be emotionally ready and it is to have 1998 sex. when this comes out it needs to be better than this yes it needs <laughs> like, to be better than you this you need to be doing a little bit better than like, that like maybe we should have just let Nisi keep talking because Nisi at least yeah. was making salient points seems like it but so now we go we now Moesha's crying sexily in a bathrobe <laughs> on um, her bed with a distracting well, there's a drone fan. shot <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a distracting it's like a film it's like a detective noir except Really? The mystery, and it's, is and it's like, that thing where she's not crying because when you cry, your your face gets red and puffy. Yeah. Someone has come and put a drop of water on her face sure. as she stares up at the ceiling fan in her That's bathroom, exactly sexily that. crying. And she says in voiceover, she never thought about Aaron having other partners. As much as I wanted to be with him, the truth is, I just wasn't ready. And you know what? There's no rush. And it's like, were you not ready? Because it yeah. seemed like you were ready. Until you realize that he wasn't the person because he wasn't who you thought he was. Yeah. I don't... That you can't... None of this lines up. It, it, you can't say that this main character has agency over deciding when she becomes sexually active if you are also rooting the choice to have sex in whether or not you're in love with another person. Right. It, I mean, it's, it's certainly... Right. It's the, that's, it's the opposite of her being like, I'm not getting on birth control for any one particular person. This is this my for decision me. for me. Yeah. And now she's like, you know what? There's no rush. It wasn't... It's just... You know, and now he it's wasn't all, who I thought he was. You know, I'll have sex just as soon as I fall in love with somebody. That will be the deciding factor. It's not whether I'm ready. I'll just know it because... Right. I'll be in love. I'll be in love with someone who hasn't had sex with multiple other people. I, I now have to be a one qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, they have to like R. Kelly's. You remind me of my Jeep. That's, that's Nisi's thing. Oh, that's not every girl? No, it's just specifically only her friend Nisi. Okay. I don't really need to go back and relearn R. Kelly's back catalog at this point, 2019. <laughs> no. I feel like I'm better off. Nope, that's up for juries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they broke up, she yeah. and Aaron, and there's a sad ceiling fan. Uh, <laughs> sad ceiling going. fan shot. And that's what we from got. From Detective Noir, where the mystery is, where did my 30 minutes go? <laughs> well, just because Moesha didn't tell us doesn't mean that we don't have facts about contraceptives and who uses them and mm-hmm. um, that I would like to 
tell you now and use our platform slightly better than they did theirs. Wow, good luck. I hope you don't triple over that hurdle. All these facts are from a 2018 fact sheet from the Guttenmacher Institute, which I will put on the notes for the show. It informs us there are 61 million U.S. women of reproductive age, and 70% of them are at risk of unintended pregnancy. That is, they are sexually active and do not want to become pregnant. And... Couples who do not use any method of contraception have an 85% chance of experiencing a pregnancy over the course of a year. This isn't even STIs. This is just you have an 85% shot of getting pregnant if you don't use birth control. To achieve the desired family size, which is in the United States, two children, a woman must use contraceptives for roughly three decades. So 99, more than 90, more than 99% of women, more than 99%, whatever that is, Ugh. 100 fully 100%. 100%. Yeah. Age 15 to 44 who have ever had sex have used at least one contraceptive method. So this so is the, the only thing. way not to be a woman who's used contraceptive is to abstain from being a woman. Exactly. And 60% of all women of reproductive age currently use a contraceptive method. Mm-hmm. I've certainly sat in a group of women and everybody kind of compares birth control and their different IUDs and contraceptive devices especially because we know a lot more about the pill now and its side effects and dangers than we did even 20 years ago i feel like women talk about it in groups but it isn't a thing that people talk about very openly in, mm. in mixed company or in there's in still the media. A, a taboo with the whole thing yeah which is sure. so seems so odd considering more than 99 percent of women have used at least one contraceptive method it's strange yeah um so moesha and- you had a shot here to talk to more than 99 percent of women <laughs> And uh, garbled it. But you know what, Chelsea, more importantly than all of that, what up with this rivalry, huh? Oh my gosh, this is old beef that I totally must have known about when I was a teenager, because I did watch this show, and I also read a lot of like teen beat type magazines, so I always knew which (laughs) teen and and child stars were feuding. Uh So this is from a TV line article from 2015 called Moesha stars Countess Vaughn and Brandy publicly squash 18-year feud. <laughs> and the first line is, at long last, there is peace in the Moesha-verse. Boy. Countess Vaughn, who played Kim, she played Kim from 1996 to 1999 and then starred in her own spinoff, The Parkers, from 1999 to 2004. Mm-hmm. It has long been said the reason The Parkers happened, spinoff happened, is because she and Brandy feuded on set and oh. could not get along. The reason they feuded is because in the magazine Vibe in 1998, Brandy told the magazine that Countess had called her a bitch to her face and that Countess was jealous of her Mm -hmm. because Brandy was the reason the show was so successful. Brandy said, and I quote, I couldn't say nothing about her because I wasn't about to. She knows. She wakes up and looks at herself in the mirror and gets disgusted. I don't. Oh, no. Yeah, to a magazine, which is just like, I was thinking about this too much. I was thinking about this and I was like, that is just like a sort of like bitchy thing you say about your girlfriend when you're 17. Uh And in a regular person's life, there's some hurt feelings and then eventually you cry and like make up or you don't. But in the world of a teen star, mm-hmm. where this is in a magazine instead of just like in my day in a note or in, you know, like in the current day on your own private social media. Sure. Then this gets blown up to, into an 18 year feud. Yeah. Because everyone is like, oh my God, can you believe what Brandy said about Countess and da da da. So 
In 2015, Countess posted on her Instagram a picture of Brandy, and she wrote a very long message basically saying, I'm proud of you for being who you are, and I think you're amazing, and I think uh, that you're such a hard worker, and I want us to be, you know, like I want us to get back in, into a good place. And then Brandy commented saying, my heart is touched right now. You're be- beautiful to me. Without you, Moesha would not have lasted as long as it did. I love you. Um, I don't know what happened after 2015. If they're actually oh, no, it's not in the news every day. Again. No, uh, this is the last update that we okay. have. Um, well, we can all just, I think, silently hope that everything is okay in the yeah. the Countess in the Moishaverse. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, it's the Countess Voniverse. Oh yeah, well Moishaverse. I'm was sorry, the name do of the we show. have a rivalry now? Well, now we're talking about the Brandyverse versus the Countess Voniverse. Sure. Uh, also worth noting, and I'm the not... Moishaverse is the Venn diagram between those two universes. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Going back to that New York Times article, there's a quote from Brandy's television father, William Allen Young, who says, We assume the audience has an intelligence level, and we don't ever want to undermine that. So when we bring up issues like birth control, when we bring up issues like interracial dating, when we bring up these issues, we assume that the audience wants to hear that, that they're ready to hear that. He also said that UPN executives have always been supportive of addressing these sorts of issues within a comedy context, and where it may not work at other networks, it may, because the reverse is true, that there is a fear about saying certain things, or that certain sponsors won't get behind certain issues, which is just the sort of quote I would expect from a show that was so impossible to understand <laughs> in the messaging I will, this episode. I will say that uh, along those very same lines, the shows of the UPN and the WB, which would eventually become the CW, all of these like removed from the, the main network television. Right. Especially like, at a time where there were three main networks. Exactly. That's, uh, whether these shows resonated with me, um, a, a white teenager in the suburbs or not, it's really important that there, there were stations and opportunities for these shows to be on the air. Right. This episode aside, it's nice to have had that representation where, you know, normally you'd have to find it on the one show that's sort of skewed towards the black audience on NBC or something. Right. It's so strange to me. There's only one writer on this episode and it is a woman. And the two creators of this show are women, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Finney Johnson and Vita Spears. But it just, this feels to me so much like an episode that was rewritten by different people. Again, with a lot of sitcoms, the the way the process works is you'll get somebody who will write the episode and their name goes on it, but then the entire writer's room will punch it up and rewrite it. And just then punch it, just punch at it. It really it falls apart. looks like they, they threw it on the ground and kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick this thing. It may have been number one, gone over by a bunch of writers. It may have also gotten a lot of studio or creator notes that, yeah. that were like, hey. It feels like studio, all the Aspen stuff feels like studio notes. It really does. And it, it, it seems like it's going on one track to make solid points. And then every other line is like, bats that down. Right. At least there is peace in the Moesha-verse mm-hmm. in our lifetimes behind the scenes because yeah. this is this episode. It's so hard to even say what you walk away from it having learned well, in I mean, terms of like evaluating whether we would show this yeah. to that's that's the question is would teens? you would you show this to teens in nineteen ninety eight? No. no, absolutely not. Not in Can any... I do a director's cut of can I do like my Chelsea Markendall cut of this episode? <laughs> it would be like it'd be like a bad like some overdubs. Yeah, like if I rearranged an interview to make somebody sound evil like i bet i could 
take pieces of the audio from this and make it sound like Moesha is really trying to make right. a point. If I could take just the scene at the clinic where she's talking to the doctor and also pause it and give sort of an explanation for things. Yeah. Then maybe I would show that one scene with pausing and explanations, but the, I feel like taken as a whole, it's not yeah. helpful. And I feel like that keeps coming up in all of our things. I think the question has to be, can you just, without any comment whatsoever, can you like put this on yeah, a TV play, in front of like away. 1998 kids and yep. everything's going to be great, which is no. No, in front of 2019 kids. Yeah, no. It's like, no. So let's try to figure out what exactly did we learn. I learned that there was a feud between uh, Countess Vaughn yeah. and uh, Brandy for two decades. Yeah. That's recently squashed. Yes, we've squashed it. Um, yeah, you can breathe easier knowing that. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I learned anything from this episode, honestly. Here's a tougher question. Who did you want to hug? I don't even know. There's no animals in this episode. <laughs> There's no parental figure that I really think is like worth a no, hug. You know, it would lo- I would love it nope, to be Nisi. like... I want to hug Nisi. I was going to come back to Nisi and just be like, hey, I'm really glad that you had a good experience. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that you had this experience before you had a chance to talk to Moesha idiots. Yeah. Or, or her stepmother <laughs> or that, that Darnell fella. Yeah. I'm glad that you just did what you thought was right. You were responsible. Three about cheers it. for Nisi. Good. Three cheers for Nisi. Yeah. Great. Well, that's our first. And I'm going to go ahead and say the only ever Moesha episode <laughs> we'll ever, ever do. I don't want to say, I don't want to, I'll never say never. Because what if we have a guest who really wants to do an episode of Moesha? Sure. So, uh, but I I truly hope if we do it again, that the messaging is a lot clearer with a take on something else. Well, here's a message that'll be a lot clearer. If we do it again, it will be against my will. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Chelsea, what are we going to watch next time? So next time we're, I know I've said this before, but next time we're actually going to do our first episode of Home Improvement, season seven, episode 16. I know I said that at the end of the last episode, but because of some scheduling Eh. and some travel things, we had to uh, change our release schedule. It wouldn't have mattered. You wouldn't have been able to watch Moesha (laughs) Way, so <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so it'll be home improvement next time for sure. And just think, you didn't have to, you know, sit around for a week and feel horrible that Moesha was coming. You yeah, just, we just ripped that band right you. off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprise, Moesha. We hope you'll tune in next week when we do that at last. Uh, in the meantime, we just want to say thanks again to Lane, Courtney, and Jackson for their uh, snack contributions. Yes. No matter how well it turned out, we do appreciate. I snacks. mean, we don't place a value judgment on how good the snacks are we just thank you for sending them in the meantime why don't you get onto one of our social media dealies you can check us out on instagram or check us out on facebook and of course all of our information is on our website huggingandlearning.com we'll see you next time yep bring snacks bye thank you for listening to hugging and learning if you want to visit us online our website is huggingandlearning.com where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks! Bring snacks!